Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach to Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have you, Glazer, with Winterview Group. Welcome. Welcome, Lee. How are you? I am doing well. I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Winterview Group. How are you serving folks? Um, well, Winterview Group is a consulting practice that I have started 20-plus um, years ago, and then it's original uh form where it was uh, back in the days when being a part-time or fractional CFO or chief financial officer was was a kind of a unique thing to provide smaller companies with the uh, support, knowledge of experience of an experienced CFO, but on a, uh, something less than a full-time basis. And, and today it's uh, much more common than it was, but uh, I enjoy working with entrepreneurs, small business owners and trying to help them uh, accomplish their goals and objectives. And through more and more of the years, I've been doing more work as a trusted business advisor. I'm also an arbitrator with the American Arbitration Association. So I also help folks uh, with with transition of businesses, both in terms of succession planning, uh, you know, buying, selling companies. But my real uh, core sweet spot is just helping folks uh, do a better job of growing and, and enlarging their businesses. And I always, I tell folks uh, when we work together, I like to ask them from what keeps them up at night from a business perspective. Now, and, um, uh, working on a business's operations uh, might not be obvious for new entrepreneurs, but if you don't get that right, you're going to have a problem. And I would imagine most entrepreneurs go into business with kind of big dreams and big aspirations but they take the operation side of the business and the financial side almost for granted. Is that really kind of true, number one? And is that that's your sweet spot? That's where you really can help an organization hum? Oh, most definitely. And I often say, folks, no one starts a business or a company. You know, or let me rephrase that. Every, an entrepreneur starts a business or a company because they have an idea of a product or service that they want to bring to an audience. And they don't think about that. that no one starts a company because they want to get involved with running it and filing reports and returns and, and, and employees and issues. But, you know, the good news, bad news is, is that that's part of success. You, you Your idea takes hold. You have an audience. You need to add uh, a team of people, and and now all of a sudden you've got a company and an organization, and those things need to be tended to. And a, as you said, that that uh, entrepreneurs and business owners don't think about that in the beginning, and they kind of start off with some bad habits that end up if you don't get in front of them, uh, it can create problems where all of a sudden there's no money in the bank or. Or they've got a lot of bills they're sending out, but clients aren't paying them. So those are the things I try to help folks think about simple ways. It's like anything. If you do it right in the beginning, uh, 
then as you grow or, or scale, as we like to say these days, you're just adding, you know, more pieces to a strong foundation. And then these kind of things that you're working on are foundational. If you get these right at the beginning, you're giving yourself a, a better chance at succeeding in the long run. Oh, exactly. Because the more you know um, about those aspects of the business, the better able you are to, to leverage this. And I think um, that's why it's important. And a lot of times some folks' uh, perspective is, well, I'm good at the product part, or I'm good at the creative part, or I'm good at selling the business or the service terms, and I don't want to focus on these other pieces. And oftentimes what happens is they, wherever they're getting their bookkeeping or, or backroom resources for, they all, they create a reverse dependency where they're almost dependent on the person that's, that's supposed to be their employee actually knows more about what's going on with those operational mechanics of the business than the owner does. Now, let's talk about how you work with your clients. What is typically the pain that this uh, organization is having where they call you and your team? Well, I'm, you know, I've been very fortunately in the 20 plus years I've been doing this that almost 100% of my uh, new clients and new introductions are from referrals. Uh, and typically, there, there is something that, that goes on where, hey, we're out of cash, we lost money. I also have a background in turnaround management, which is, you know, distressed companies that either are, are you know, bankruptcy candidates or on the potential border of that, uh, God forbid. Um, and, it, and it's, you know, there, there's, there's just there's something wrong. You know, the bank is telling them, hey, your financial statements that you're getting don't look right, or they need just someone to be their partner almost, so to speak, to make sure they're on you know, a good path to uh, getting accurate and timely financial reporting, as well as someone that will work with them and motivate them on strategy, and particularly this time of year as we get to the end of the calendar year, budgeting and thinking about next year and, and plans is an important component um, that successful companies, you know, employ on an ongoing basis. So now, almost by necessity, the people that you're starting to work with are under some financial pressure. So how does the how do they take the leap of, well, you and his team are going to be able to, I'll invest in them to help me get through this. Like how you're kind of joining them in a vulnerable state. Well, I think it, it's, um, you know, having the wherewithal of being able to stand up or look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, I need some help here. You know, and it, and it could be that scenario I just, mentioned where the where your existing bank isn't happy with the information you're getting or you've been applying for loans and getting turned down um and you just realize you need someone you know as we said on the internet you know a coach or an advisor to kind of sit with you and and uh listen to uh what your concerns and fears are and, and help you kind of set a path and, and a program to uh Hold yourself accountable. You know, when uh, being a sole business owner, if you don't have a partner, what it can, can be a lonely place sometimes, and you can only um, throw so much on the shoulders of your family or your friends. Uh, um, you know, they're going to be empathetic with with you certainly, but you want someone that can also be firm and guide guide you and say, hey, you know, 
You need to change these practices. If you keep doing what you just described, nothing is going to change. Now, uh, when you start working with a new client, is it something that you have to really kind of immerse yourself in their financials and their business to really see where the opportunity is and where the kind of the holes in the boat are? Well, to some extent, yes. Uh, I have when I get started with a a new client or even before the, the relationship is formalized, something we have a, what I would call a discovery project that could be anywhere from five, 10, 15 hours, just probing some of those things. I mean, solid financial and business practices are, are, are pretty straightforward and generic, but every organization is different. Everybody has a different style. And um, I like to try to find a path of, of fitting controls and practices that fit the needs um, of the particular company and what their business niche is. This isn't a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. Um, you know, just to take a personalized approach, and part of my background has a theme of working with what I like to call creative people doing creative things, that while my experience space is very broad, I do have a lot of... Um, concentration in areas such as architecture, engineering, publishing, software design, education-related companies, uh, and those sectors. And you, you know, some aspects of that, uh, and also the advertising industry as well, have a little different approach than someone that's in the manufacturing business. Now, uh, can you share maybe a success story? Don't name the name, but maybe explain what the challenge they were having and how you were able to come in and shore things up and take them to a new level? Sure, sure. In this um, architecture space, I have very deep operating experience uh, as well as financial experience with one of the leading architecture practice management systems. And it's a kind of thing today that a lot of companies underinvest when they're making a change or starting a system like that. So I got a call from uh, uh, another professional that, that was this client, and, and the story was they tried to put in this new software, and they got overwhelmed, and they haven't been able to send a bill out to clients for almost 90 days, and now <laughs> there's no money coming in. So I was able to come in help them assess and get the implementation of that system back on track. And in the course of that review, um, I happened to see you've got some other kind of holes in how you do your financial and business operation management. And we started a, a series of conversations that led has led to my being there, what I call consulting CFO. And it's now, I think we're in our eighth or ninth year of that relationship. Um, so I have many uh, experiences like that. I had another client where um, essentially the controller stole a, a six-figure sum of money, a high six-figure sum of money, and uh, just didn't show up to work one day. Actually, it was because in this time it was around a Thanksgiving holiday. So I came in and helped rebuild the finance team there. And, and those folks, I think, were in our five or six-year working relationship. Now, you mentioned that um, your firm does coaching and consulting. How do you kind of draw the lines around each of those um, services? Draw the line between what? Coaching and consulting. Cause, oh, coaching you, and consulting. Because obviously um, they're different. Uh, well, yeah, they're, yeah, they're different. Sometimes, you know, a, a consulting 
is more focused on the accomplishment of specific set of tasks, like, hey, help us find this piece of software, help us implement and train people. Whereas coaching is more about, I need to think about what the next generation of people running the company is going to be, or my other partners don't seem to be doing as much work as I'm doing, is being more directive and helping people think about how they can do a, a better job with, with their own efforts and, and, and thinking just like you have on, you know, coaching comes, I think, from a sports metaphor of someone that will help you work out the right play to try when you run back on the field, so to speak. Right. Well, sometimes that you makes need, sense. Well, sometimes you need help and sometimes you need a helper. Uh, exactly. And, yeah. and, and the coaching is is is. T- is more about working through the help and what other kinds of helpers where oftentimes the, the con- consulting is, is being the helper. Exactly right. So sometimes you roll up your sleeves and you're in there and doing some of the work. And then sometimes you're just helping them kind of find the resources they need to get the job done. Right. And very often my uh, longer term, you know, relationships include a little of both, but I have uh, other experiences and folks I work with that it can be almost all, you know, the, the helping or versus the coaching. And, and sometimes that comes and that, you know, things have a cycle versus an ongoing support need. Now uh, for you, what's the most rewarding part of the job? You mean in terms of what I enjoy? Yeah. I, I like, well, you know, we, we, we're all in, in these kind of things, you know, with having a traditional accounting background, the, you know, you know, being the helper sometimes has a sort of satisfaction because you can see the beginning and the end, whereas the coaching is, is, is uh, sometimes a little less transparent and more intangible. But I, I think at the end of the day, I, I like uh you know, the, the things I like about the coaching is it, it's sort of that old parable about teaching a person to fish when you can see that someone is taking the lessons or the things you've discussed and they're applying them in multiple situations going forward. So you can see that it has an impact. So I like working with companies and, and, and business folks that um, are, are looking to improve and go forward. And I always try to find uh, or enjoy situations where I see it's not only an opportunity for me to contribute and share my experience, but I get the opportunity to learn something new as well. Now, let's talk a little bit about your role with the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Initiative. How did that come about? Oh, the 10,000 small Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business initiative is a wonderful, wonderful program. It's a joint venture in, in a way between the Goldman Sachs Foundation and Babson College, which is a, in the leading uh, schools of entrepreneurship. I think it's the U.S. News and World Reports for 20 plus years running as one of the best schools of entrepreneurship. And the program um, teaches business owners a sort of what I would say a business toolkit in a 13-week uh, semester-type format that they can apply to any business opportunity or, or issue in their business. And the way I uh, became involved in it is I happen to be a, an alum of Babson College and, and involved in some similar kinds of things within the school itself. And I was just um, 
asked about whether I might be available to assist them with some initial parts of the program. And then I ended up uh, getting involved as a virtual business advisor and then became a, a lead advisor supervising in uh, certain times up to six to eight other advisors. So it's a wonderful program to help strengthen small businesses in this country. And is that an ongoing program or, or was that? Yes, that's an ongoing program. Uh, um, program. It's it's delivered in uh, a couple of different formats. There's partnerships with community colleges across the United States. I'm part of uh, a national program that delivers this. It's all the same content that's um, run virtually through Babson directly. Um, And I can give you a a URL if we want to have, if people have an interest in going to learn more, uh, I'm happy to share that with you. Yeah, sure. That'd be great. All right, so the URL would be, uh, of course, www.icic.org, and that stands for the Inner City Initiative for Competition, and ICIC is the national recruiting partner. And if you poke around on their website, I think it's under programs, there'll be a a drop-down that will show you the the 10,000 Small Businesses Program, and there's uh, information there about the program itself and how you can apply. And depending on what part of the country would connect you with the uh, either the national program or the, the regional community college. Well, thank you so but, much but, for but, doing but it's that. It's a wonderful program. It's yeah. one of the best business experiences I've ever had. I've helped close to 200 CEOs go through that program, and I've got a wonderful network of, of, I can say, friends and business owners across the country from it, across all kinds of business segments. And it's giving an opportunity to folks who might not have, have access to this type of education. So thank you for doing that. Oh, for those folks, uh, yeah, it, it's tremendous. And particularly now, um, you know, we've uh, the program has got a, a strong emphasis on trying to help small businesses provide, you know, survive in these extra challenges of the last year or two. So there are some uh, qualifying criteria, but they're, they've been adjusted to meet, uh, you know, the needs of, of company, you know, that might potentially be struggling right now. Now, a lot of our listeners are business coaches. Now, do you have any advice for them when it comes to their operations? Is there any tips you can be giving, uh, as we end this year and go into next year that they can be doing to help maybe manage their cash flow, prepare for growth, things that they can be doing strategically uh, so they get uh, into next year, you know, running instead of kind of looking back and wondering what happened? Sure. Well, I think for any kind of business, it's always important to understand what I call your cash flow break even. Um, and, and while I'm a big believer in investing and I think, Investing in marketing and business development is particularly critical when things slow down. And oftentimes in smaller organizations, that's the first place they cut back. Uh, But in the the coaching sector uh, in particular, I I think uh, my thoughts that I learned myself is, is we are not all experts in everything. I think one of my strengths is I know what I know, I know what I don't know, and I know how to find out about what I don't know pretty quickly. But to not sell something that you're not really capable of delivering. I mean, I very often will have a conversation with somebody, and once I understand what their needs are, I'll realize that's not my thing, either by my 
knowledge and expertise, or it may be something that, um, you know, and this is probably maybe more on the helping side, that uh, it's, it's a task I'm not interested in taking on. So I think it's very good to know what your core sweet spot is. Um, and very often, as, as human beings, we, we take the shotgun approach to things because we fear that, you know, there might be of the of the hundred things I might be qualified to do, if I don't mention all 100 of them, I could lose an opportunity. Um, and I, I, I have found it's much more important to kind of think of what your approach is as more of a shooting a rifle than a shotgun. And then it's important to know what your core expertise is and demonstrate that. And when you're, um, talking with people there, you know, they want to know that they're dealing with an expert. The fact that they may have a question or something that's outside your expertise, they, it's important to leave that hook that they'll come back to because someone that can be a jack of all trades and do everything and markets themselves like that doesn't leave anything in the prospects, you know, like to retain a way to retain, remember you. So you want to, maybe that's, after all that babbling along, Lee, the answer is you want to be able to have an expertise and make a memorable presentation, and people will come back and resonate with that. Okay, this guy or gal was good at this or that. I was very impressed. Maybe they could help find me someone of equal skill set that could do whatever my help me with whatever it is I need. I'm asking for help for, even though it might not be their expertise. So that's um. You know what I what I would say. Don't be afraid of putting yourself out there as an expert, and don't try to be a jack of all trades and everything. Yeah, we say here that uh, niches bring riches. Uh, it's you want to be the go to for something, and if you can pull that off, then you'll be remembered, and they'll think of you when they need that something. Right. Your your goal is to position yourself as a trusted advisor. Uh, you know, confidentiality, discreet those criteria uh, I think we all would agree would be important in this kind of work. Now, if somebody wants to learn more about your practice and get a hold of you or somebody on your team, what's a website? It's uh, winterviewgroup.com, all one word. Well, you thank you so much for sharing uh, your story today. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. All right. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate this opportunity. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. 